Great Jones, their outstanding guard has to be the king. They'll blame me. Daryl Bruce, Devin Evan. What's with Daniel? Kirby Brooks on the two-pointer. Dallas Nichols wins the game. Alexander. It's a uh-huh. dunk right in his face. Devin Evan. takes the ball to the left side, spins, shoots, layup, shot, good. He's got that Carter football. Javon Carter is in Trey Young's head. Butler into the lane, in the traffic, it goes again. West Virginia has won its first Big East championship. They're going wild here at the Coliseum. So long, Big Blue. Hello, Golden Blue. The West Virginia Mountaineers are going to the Final Four. It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. And now it's the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans for Mountaineer fans, the Country Rose Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into episode two of the 2023-2024 edition of the CRW Hoops podcast as we continue to try and cover the West Virginia men's basketball season. They've got a couple more games in the books since we've last had a chance to put out an episode here with you guys, so we'll talk a little bit about each of those. Won't spend too much time talking about the Monmouth game, one, because of how long ago it was at this point that we'll be releasing the episode, and two, because I'm sure you guys don't want to hear about that West Virginia loss any more than you are already have uh, not a great performance there for West Virginia. So the main segment of this episode will be dedicated to previewing the upcoming Fort Myers tip-off tournament that West Virginia is going to be participating in this week, starting with Monday's game against SMU. And, you know, it's going to be West Virginia's first game that's not on ESPN Plus this year. So if you haven't had a chance to watch the Mountaineers because they're on ESPN Plus, they're going to be on FS1 for this Fort Myers tip-off tournament. And there's some good teams playing in that tournament. Can't wait to talk about it here. We'll get to that towards the latter half of the episode. But before we get there, let's take a look at the two games West Virginia has played since our last episode here on the CRW Hoops podcast as West Virginia won one of those and lost one of those. So let's take a look at the results of those two contests, kind of talk about that briefly before we get to the look ahead to the Fort Myers tip-off tournament. All right, leading off with the game against Monmouth here, like I said, won't spend too much time talking about this one. Though you guys are probably done with hearing about this loss for West Virginia that they suffered 73-65. to And really one of the main reasons was just Monmouth able to hit shots and West Virginia really struggling to do so, especially in the second half of this basketball game, as evidenced by the field goal percentage discrepancy here. If you're watching on the video side, you can see this. I'll read it out for you guys on the audio side. But as I mentioned that, I want to take a second out and say appreciate you tuning into this episode whether you're viewing it or listening to it you can find the video version of course on youtube country roads webcast or on the web there at wvsportsnow.com audio version can be found on any podcast platform you like apple google amazon iheart music spotify you name it just search country roads webcast 
leave us a rating review. That helps us on the audio side. And if you're on the video side, be sure to hit that like button. That really helps with the YouTube algorithm and helps videos performances here for the CRW. So appreciate you guys. But field goal discrepancy against Monmouth, pretty large here, as you can see. Monmouth hitting 45, nearly 46% of their field goals, while West Virginia only hit 31% of theirs in the game. As West Virginia also struggled from behind the three-point line, 7 of 32, 22% compared to 43% for Monmouth, who was 10 of 23. West Virginia also struggled at the free throw line, below 70% there. That's not going to get it done. And far too many turnovers as compared to assists there. And one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio is not what you want there if you're the Mountaineers. So that hurt West Virginia a lot. And perhaps the thing that hurt West Virginia most in this game, and we'll kind of wrap this one up here as I talk about it. I'm sure you guys already know who I'm going to name here. And that's Xander Rice, the coach's son there at Monmouth. Had an incredible basketball game. 30 points against the Mountaineers, 50% from the field, 50% from the three-point line, 90% from the free-throw line. Couldn't miss a shot. He had a great game, as did Collins, who had 17 there for Monmouth, where West Virginia really struggled to score the basketball. Like I said, you end up with four guys in double figures, actually, but a lot of that coming from the free-throw line, struggling from the field, were all four of those scores that were in double figures, which, of course, you had Wilson, Johnson, Edwards, and Slazinski that were doing that for you. But West Virginia scoring 65 points, not going to get it done especially on a night where Monmouth was hitting their shots and scored 73. So West Virginia, unfortunately, would fall in their second game of the season. Coach Josh Eiler would follow up his first ever win as a head coach quickly with his first ever loss, unfortunately. But West Virginia would bounce back against the Jacksonville State Gamecocks a few nights later. Let's take a look at a more positive result now for the West Virginia Mountaineers in their most recent contest in game three of the season. All right, moving on to the third game of the 2023-2024 men's basketball season to give the Mountaineers their current 2-1 and one record that they have as we record this. They defeat Jacksonville State 70-57, to double-digit win there at home. Nice bounce-back performance for the Mountaineers in that one. Looking at some of the team statistics from this victory, West Virginia shot much better, as you see, over 50% from the field, actually, 51%, holding Jacksonville State to 34%, and West Virginia also shooting much better from behind the three-point line, 42% as opposed to 38% for Jacksonville State. But if you're going to nitpick here, it's yet again free throw percentage where West Virginia unfortunately struggled in this game. Didn't come back to bite them in this one, but something they certainly got to improve on below 70%. Yet again, only 64% for the Mountaineers from the free throw line. But Jacksonville State only shoots 50%, so West Virginia actually outperforms them there. And a good job by West Virginia on the glass in this one. 38 rebounds to 34 for Jacksonville State. Assist to turnover ratio a little bit better for West Virginia in this one, 16 assists versus 12 turnovers, but you still think that's a little bit too high of a turnover margin for the Mountaineers, especially when they're turning over more than their opponent. Want to get that number down a bit as well, but West Virginia doing a good job not committing fouls in this one, only committing 11 fouls total in the game, and that's something that's going to be a concern for this team when they have the lack of depth that they do. They're playing eight players, but really only playing six guys, extended minutes in the rotation, so West Virginia needs to continue to find ways to alleviate foul trouble and going to a zone defense not only helped them do that in this game but I thought they played some of their best defense of the season to this point if not the very best defense of the season to this point when they were in that zone and we'll talk more about that 2-3 zone here in a bit but looking at the game stats individually West Virginia does a much better job on the Jacksonville State star Kiki Tandy there holding him to 18 points much better job than they did uh, the game before against Rice when he went off 430 points West Virginia on the other side yet again 
four players in double figures, although this time they do it with a much better field goal percentage. You get Josiah Harris, Quinn Slazinski, Jesse Edwards, and Kobe Johnson all in double figures. Career days, really, for both Quinn Slazinski and Kobe Johnson. I believe it was a career high in points for Kobe Johnson and a career high in rebounds for Quinn Slazinski with his seven boards. You get 19.7 boards and three assists from Slazinski. Kobe Johnson with an impressive stat line of 19.6 rebounds five assists and one block shot. And those are the type of numbers West Virginia needs him to have as he fills in in Kirk Reese's absence during his suspension to start this season. Jesse Edwards consistent yet again in double figures, 14 points, six rebounds. And then Josiah Harris with his best performance of the season probably yet, 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, and one steal. Offering Neve making his first career start actually in this game, three points, six rebounds, three assists, Three steals, one block, not a bad stat line for him. Playing 29 minutes in the game, getting thrust into the starting lineup. As a true freshman, thought he performed pretty well there. Uh, West Virginia, though, going to need some scoring off the bench moving forward. Only three points there from Sumnick. Going to need Seth Wilson to potentially score and you know maybe get some shots up as well. I think that was something that was surprising in this game to see him not attempt a field goal. Know that he was moved to the bench, but I think that it's a move that could potentially be beneficial for him and hopefully it's not something that he's seeing as a punishment or anything like that because you got to hope that's not a reason that he wouldn't put a shot up. But I think you'll see better performances from him moving forward, hopefully starting with this game against SMU because West Virginia is going to need him to score the basketball, especially coming off that bench right now where they don't have a lot of uh, guys coming off the bench in general and definitely not a lot of scoring coming off that bench. So moving Seth Wilson there, I think, is a chance to provide you a spark from that area. Think about, you know, Jay Sean Page in years past, a guy that's, you know, really good off the bench and one of your team's leading scorers, even though he's not a starter. Seth Wilson could have that type of role if he's willing to embrace it. So hopefully he is for West Virginia moving forward. But Definitely a bounce-back performance for West Virginia in their third game of the 2023-2024 season, getting the 70-57 to win over Jacksonville State, and they did it using a 2-3 zone. So let's talk a little bit about that 2-3 zone real quick before we shift into our main topic and preview that Fort Myers tip-off tournament. All right, as I mentioned in that game against Jacksonville State, West Virginia employed the 2-3 zone more than they have at any other time throughout this season. And I'd mentioned, you know, in our preview show, our episode one of the CRW Hoops podcast, and I believe in one of our post-game shows as well, that it was something I thought West Virginia might do, not only because of Jesse Edwards' familiarity with it, but also you need to really keep him out of foul trouble. That's one way to help do that is going to that 2-3 zone. And also, you know, something Josh Eilard mentioned that I thought was very interesting, and one of the reasons that he did it was he felt like in the game against Monmouth that they were – you know, covering guys man-to-man on the other end, so they're running around a lot, moving, using their legs a ton, and they don't have, obviously, a lot of bench guys. So he felt like they were getting tired on the offensive end, and that's why their field goal percentage was so low, their three-point percentage was so low in that game against Monmouth. So he thought not only, you know, the things that I would mentioned, Jesse Edwards being comfortable with it, you know, maybe keeping him out of foul trouble, obviously those as well, but one of his primary reasons for wanting to go to the zone defense was due to the fact that he felt like it would eliminate some of the running they were doing on the defensive side his players would have you know fresher legs on offense and maybe be able to score the basketball a little bit better proved to be true in the first game going to that defense so I would suspect West Virginia to continue to employ that 2-3 zone as much as possible unless teams are able to shoot them out of it when you face a good shooting team you might not be able to use it as much but as you can see here shared by our friends over at wvsportsnow.com the great Ethan Bach writing this article here Josh Eilert could make the 2-3 defense a staple at West Virginia this season for this men's basketball team and be sure to head over to wvsportsnow.com for some great West Virginia content as we'll 
Check out this article here in regards to the 2-3 zone. Could be a staple, Josh Eilert said, following the 13-point win over Jackson State. Nothing is off the table when you're trying to win games, he adds. And then he goes on to talk a little bit about Jesse Edwards and obviously his history of playing in the defense, playing at Syracuse where Jim Beheim famously ran that 2-3 zone throughout his career there. So Jesse's very familiar with it. And uh, Josh Eilert says, you know with Jesse, he's a natural back there. He spent four years in a zone. So he picked up a few things that we could just nail down. We didn't get overcomplicated by any means with it. We just wanted to pick two or three things. Most kids have played a 2-3 zone, so it's not like it's crazy and natural there are things he's given us that we can utilize so that's the point that I found most interesting was the fact that Jesse Edwards from his time at Syracuse is kind of giving them some little tidbits on things that can make that 2-3 zone even more effective and how Syracuse used it and kind of some of the tricks that they used to uh, be able to use it for so long I'm glad to see Jesse Edwards able to share some with this West Virginia basketball team and it paid off obviously in the first game where they employed that defense so hopefully they just continue to grow uh, the more and more they play in it the more and more they get comfortable in it as Ethan Bach adds here West Virginia played more zone defense than man-to-man for the first time this season according to Synergy Basketball in that win over Jacksonville State WVU had only played two possessions of zone against Monmouth the Mountaineers then played 35 possessions of zone defense against Jacksonville State in that victory there. So wanted to touch on that because I thought it was one of the more interesting things to come out of the West Virginia win, and we'll see how much West Virginia is able to utilize it in this Fort Myers tip-off tournament. No SMU is a team that likes to get out and run, so you know you might have to play man-to-man at times. They also have some good shooters, so we'll see what happens. But definitely was a bright spot for West Virginia to get them their second win on the season, and hopefully it's able to help them in Fort Myers as well. But having said that, now let's shift into our main segment then and talk a little bit about that upcoming tournament for West Virginia as they head down to Florida to play in the Fort Myers tip-off tournament here as they will face SMU in the fourth game of the 2023-2024 men's basketball season. All right, here is the homepage for the Fort Myers tip-off tournament that West Virginia will be playing in. Starting this Monday, obviously their game coming up Monday night, as you see here detailed on the screen, the second of two games there in the beach division of this tip-off tournament, the first being Wisconsin and Virginia. So West Virginia will play one of those two teams in their second contest, which would be played on Wednesday evening, which would either be the championship game for the Mountaineers of this tournament or the third place game there, as you see it detailed here. Um, If it's the third place game, West Virginia will play at 6 on Wednesday. If not, they will play at 8.30 on Wednesday night. So we might try and pop an episode in between uh, West Virginia's two tournament games, but if not, we'll be back after Wednesday for a recap of this tournament. But West Virginia will face SMU to open things up. 8.30 tip, Fox Sports 1 here for this Fort Myers tip-off tournament that will be played at the Suncoast Credit Union Arena, as you see here, 75,000-square-foot arena on the campus of Florida Southwestern State College in Fort Myers. A little bit of a picture of it there you can see if you're watching on the video version. So West Virginia taking on SMU to tip off this tournament. Just wanted to share a little bit about the tournament there, but let's take a look and dive into a little bit of the matchup with this SMU team that West Virginia will face to begin this tournament. All right, and as you can see, SMU coming into this one, 3-1, and one, West Virginia coming in at 2-1, and one, but SMU most recently coming off a loss 
to Texas A&M back on November 14th, the same day that West Virginia played Jacksonville State. But they lost that game by 13. But Texas A&M is also a top 25 team in the country. I believe they're ranked in the top 15 right now currently. So shout out to SMU for, you know, giving them a good basketball game there and being competitive in that one because Texas A&M is looking like a pretty good team this season. So SMU certainly appears to be the most talented basketball team that West Virginia will have faced on this season up to this point. And let's take a look at the team statistics for both of these clubs at this point in the season. As you can see, points per game, SMU 79.0 compared to West Virginia 67.3. So that just shows you they like to get out and run this SMU team. West Virginia is going to have to try and be sure and play some good transition defense in this matchup if they want to stay competitive. They're giving up 65 points a game. West Virginia giving up 63. They're shooting 41% from the field. The Mountaineers are shooting 38%. 46 rebounds a game for SMU compared to 39 for the Mountaineers. 16 assists a game for SMU, 13 for the Mountaineers. Six blocks a game for SMU, four for West Virginia. 11 steals per game for SMU compared to four a game for West Virginia. So that's the tricky one right there. West Virginia is going to have to take care of the basketball in this matchup, obviously. When SMU is averaging 11 steals per game, that's impressive and something to be worried about heading into this one, especially with West Virginia's lack of Players there at the point guard position. Obviously, Kobe Johnson had a great game last time out against Jacksonville State. Certainly going to need to replicate that and need a good performance from him as well in this one. Last I checked, the line actually has SMU currently favored by five, but ESPN's FBI matchup predictor apparently disagrees with that because they're giving West Virginia the 62% chance to win versus a 38% chance for SMU. Let's take a look at the team leaders for each of these clubs. There you see for SMU, Harris leading in points, Smith leading in rebounds, Edwards leading in both assists and steals. I think that Chuck Harris and Zurich Phelps are certainly the scorers to watch for this SMU team and the guys that West Virginia is going to potentially have to try and slow down, especially Harris. You see 44% from beyond the three-point line this season. So if West Virginia is going to use that zone defense in this game, they're going to have to be careful with it because SMU might be a team that could potentially shoot them out of that zone. So they're going to have to be very on point with their closeouts. Can't be late or else they're not going to be able to play that zone in this game. And then as Josh Eilert uh, talked about and I mentioned earlier, if they have to play too much man-to-man defense, that could affect them on the offensive end in this one. But when a shot goes up for SMU or for the Mountaineers, West Virginia needs to be sure to box out Tyreek Smith averaging over the seven rebounds a game. And then B.J. Edwards at the guard position, great on both ends of the floor, as I said, leading the team in assists and steals. So it seems like this SMU team certainly has very good guard play between Edwards, Phelps, and Harris. So West Virginia is really going to have to be on point in the backcourt in this game. Going to be a big game for Ofri Nevae, Kobe Johnson, Seth Wilson, and those guys to really come out and hopefully put on a good performance for West Virginia to start this Fort Myers tip-off tournament. Let's take a look at the West Virginia League at this point in the season. So at this point for West Virginia, obviously Quinn Slezinski doing a great job scoring the basketball over 17 points per game for the Mountaineers to lead them there. No surprise, Jesse Edwards, the team's leading rebounder, nearly 11 per game. Kobe Johnson doing a good job dishing out the basketball, nearly four assists per game. And Seth Wilson leading the Mountaineers in steals currently with just over one per game. Same for Jesse Edwards with blocks with just over one per game. Getting into the nitty-gritty here, Jesse Edwards is also scoring in double figures for the Mountaineers, averaging 14 points per game. So there you have it, already averaging a double-double on the season, 14 points and 11 rebounds for Jesse Edwards at this time. Kobe Johnson averaging double figures and scoring also 13 points per game for him. Josiah Harris next in line with nine points per game. And then he gets 
Seth Wilson averaging seven points per game. I think West Virginia needs his scoring average to go up a little bit, and probably the same for Ophrey Nevey averaging 3.7 points per game. West Virginia needs to be able to score the basketball more consistently than they have earlier in this season. Then looking at the team rebound leaders, obviously Jesse Edwards, the one that's going to stand out there, 11 rebounds per game. But Josiah Harris doing a good job, six rebounds a game. And Quinn Slazinski probably being asked to – hit the glass harder than he ever has in his career prior to this because West Virginia is going to need him to have a bit of that role. And I think he's doing a good job of it, especially last game I talked about his career high, but averaging five rebounds per game. Then you get into the assist, 3.7 for Kobe Johnson, three for Quinn Slazinski. I think that you'll see when Kerr Creasa comes back, those numbers will certainly jump up for West Virginia. Kerr Creasa led the Pac-12 in assists each of the past two seasons, and he should have a positive effect on West Virginia's assist versus turnover margin as well. And then this one I wanted to talk about a little bit because this is an area that's hurting West Virginia at times this season, and that's turnovers. West Virginia has three different players that have are averaging at least two turnovers a game, those being Kobe Johnson, Jesse Edwards, and Quinn Slazinski. Quinn Slazinski nearly averaging three turnovers per game, so they got to get those numbers down. It was definitely something I was not expecting to see from Slazinski because he's been absolutely solid everywhere else. Check out his three-point percentage, 50% and 44% from the field. Very good stuff there from Quinn Slazinski as far as shooting the basketball. Just need him to do a little bit better job of taking care of it overall, but wanted to provide a brief overview of how the Mountaineers are looking statistically at this point in the season as they get set to head into this Fort Myers tip-off tournament in this game against SMU. So I guess that means it's time for me to provide my prediction for this tip-off game for West Virginia against SMU in what will be the fourth game of the young season for this West Virginia men's basketball club. And, you know, I think it's going to be a good one. It's going to be back and forth. It really, to me, just depends on who dictates the style of play, I guess. If SMU is able to get out and run, not allow West Virginia to get into that zone defense and set things up. Could be a long night for West Virginia, but if West Virginia forces SMU to play their game a little bit, it could be more positive result for the Mountaineers. You know, all in all, I guess I'm going to try and, you know, put on those golden blue glasses like you guys know I like to do so much here at the Country Roads webcast and try and remain optimistic as much as possible. I'm going to give West Virginia the win here. I think they're going to come out and surprise the odds makers, obviously, that has SMU favored by, you know, nearly five points at the time that I'm recording this episode. But I think West Virginia has found something with that zone defense, and if they're able to continue that and not have SMU shoot them out of it, I think they've got a chance to win this basketball game, especially if they can get some more scoring from their other guards to go along with what Kobe Johnson did last game. I'm expecting Seth Wilson to hopefully shoot the basketball a little bit better. Should be able to have a good performance from Jesse Edwards here against SMU as well. I think all of those things combined together and this team may be hungry to prove to people that they're not a bad basketball team. They may come out and give us one of their best performance of the season, or at least that's what I'm hoping for is to see their best performance of the season up to this point yet. And I think that they're hopefully going to give us that Monday night against SMU. So I'm going to go with the Mountaineers to get the victory just barely 74 to 72 over SMU. That's my prediction for this one, but I would love to hear your all's thoughts. How are you feeling about this Fort Myers tip-off tournament in general and this game against SMU? Be sure to let us know there in the comments. We appreciate those interactions as we continue to try and grow the Country Roads webcast community throughout Mountaineer Nation. So that will pretty much wrap us up here for episode two of the CRW Hoops podcast. Like I said, we'll try and drop an episode here in between games if we can, but if not, we'll be back to review this Fort Myers tip-off tournament and continue to cover this 2023-2024 
2024 men's basketball season as it progresses. So be on the lookout for more episodes releasing from us here. And if you want to find out just when those will be coming out, be sure follow us on social media. We're on X at WVU Country Roads and then Facebook and Instagram or just Country Roads Webcast. Appreciate you guys tuning into this one. Looking forward to the next one and hoping for a West Virginia men's basketball victory here against SMU. Should be a fun time there in the Fort Myers tip-off. And we're excited to cover the results for West Virginia here on the CRW Hoops podcast. Having said that, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz. And until next time, if let's go. Really now today. Come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those